0: good morning let us pray living God help us so to hear your holy word that we may truly understand that understanding we may believe and believing we may follow in all faithfulness and obedience seeking your honor and glory in all that we do through Christ our Lord Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 1, verses 8 through 22, which may be found on page 49 of the Old Testament section of your pew Bible. Hear the word of God. Now, a king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, Look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, or they will increase. And in the event of war, join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to oppress them, with forced labor. They built supply cities, Pittim and Ramses for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. The Egyptians became ruthless in imposing tasks on the Israelites and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in every kind of field labor they were ruthless in all the tasks that they imposed on them the king of egypt said to the hebrew midwives one of whom was named shipra and the other puah when you act as midwives to the hebrew women and see them on the birth stool if it is a boy kill him But if it is a girl, she shall live. But the midwives feared God. They did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they let the boys live. So the king of of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this? And allowed the boys to live. The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, every boy that is born to the Hebrews... You shall throw into the Nile, but you shall let every girl live. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: In the summer of 2014, I had the privilege of traveling to the Middle East with Union Presbyterian Seminary. For about three and a half weeks, we traveled all over Turkey and Israel, visiting places that we had only read about in our Bibles, learning about current politics, culture, as well as listening to the stories and the voices of the people we encountered there. One of the many places we visited was Yad Vashem, the World Holocaust Remembrance Center in Jerusalem. It is Israel's largest Holocaust memorial, as well as a museum of history and a center for education. While we were there, we learned about a program called the Righteous Among the Nations. Its purpose is to convey the gratitude of the it's, of Israel and the Jewish people to those who took great risk to save Jewish lives during the Holocaust. In an interview in 1986, author and Holocaust survivor, survivor Elie Wiesel said these words about the program In those times, there was darkness everywhere. In heaven and on earth, all the gates of compassion seemed to have been closed. The killer killed and the Jews died, and the outside world adopted an attitude either of complacency or indifference. Only a few had the courage to care. Let us not forget, after all, there is always a moment when moral choice is made, and so we must know these good people— who helped Jews during the Holocaust. We must learn from them, and in gratitude and hope, we must remember them," End quote. And so at Yad Vashem, those who are recognized as the righteous among the nations receive a medal and a certificate of honor, and their names are commemorated on the Mount of Remembrance in Jerusalem. This program is still ongoing today as research continues and more stories are unearthed. And today there are 27,712 people who have been honored, and over half of that number are women. One of those women is Irene Sindler. Irene was a Polish Catholic 29 year old social social worker employed by the welfare department in the Warsaw municipality when the war broke out. She used her position to help Jewish families, but once the ghetto was sealed off in 1940, it was nearly impossible to get aid to those who needed it. Conditions there deteriorated quickly. Lack of food and medical supplies led to high death rates, So at great personal risk, Irene managed to obtain a permit to allow her to enter the ghetto to inspect sanitary conditions there. Once inside and with the help of other activists, she established a system of smuggling children out of the ghetto and into hiding with non-Jewish families. Every time she smuggled a child out safely, she kept a record of where that child was hidden and who their next of kin was. Then she would take those records and bury them in jars in the ground to keep them safe. It is estimated that she helped to save over 2,500 children. But eventually, because of her work, Irene was arrested in 1943. She was sentenced to death, but other activists in the community managed to bribe officials to help her escape in 1944. She lived in hiding until the end of the war. When she finally knew it was safe, she dug up each one of those jars and used her carefully saved records to return each child to their closest living relative. I share her story with you all today because Irene was a woman of faith and courage. She used her job as a social worker to continue doing what she did every day, helping people. She risked her life to save countless lives and she did so not knowing the outcome of her own story. At a time where everyone was giving into darkness and giving up, Irene resisted doing the same. Instead of giving into fear, she leaned into trust, trust in God, trust in her sense of right and wrong, and trust in the network of activists around her. Her faithful resistance reminded me of the two women that I want to introduce to you today from the Old Testament, Shiphrah and Puah, two incredible people that I do believe are the most courageous women in our scripture. Now, we don't have a lot of background on these two women, other than what we read here in these few verses in Exodus but we are given a lot of details about what was going on around them. This new Pharaoh didn't know Joseph or his people, and he had come to power and noticed that the Hebrew people were growing more and more numerous, even greater than the Egyptians. Karen Gonzalez is a writer and immigrant advocate, and she describes the scene in Exodus. Fear became the driving force for Pharaoh as he dealt with the Israelites, and he enslaved God's people and demanded that heavier work be laid on them. He was not unlike those today who look at Syrian mothers nursing their babies in camps on the edge of a desert and see only a threat to national security. Somehow, the most vulnerable people are often made scapegoats in the schemes of the powerful. In our country, it's immigrants, refugees, and other people of color. In the biblical account, it's the Hebrews, the people who would come to be known as the Israelites. So Pharaoh saw these people as a threat. But even with the harsher and more grueling conditions the Israelites continued to grow and multiply and thrive. Pharaoh's fear continued to grow as well, so he devised a new plan. He calls Shipra and Pua, two Hebrew midwives, and tells them as they are attending Hebrew women giving birth to end the life of any baby who was born that was a boy. Think about that. Pharaoh's fear was so great that he was attacking the Hebrew people at their most vulnerable. And the irony here is incredible. Pharaoh is seeking to reduce the number of Hebrew men so there won't be anyone strong enough to overpower him. Yet, it is the courage and faith of two women that outsmart him. And we may not know much about Shiphrah and Pua, but we can conclude that they were indeed faithful and courageous. Faithful because in verse 17 it says that they did fear God, meaning they trusted in God. They knew God's power to create and sustain life were much greater than Pharaoh's tirade of death and destruction. And they were courageous. They knew the risk they were taking. Life under Pharaoh's empire meant there was no chance for a fair trial if you broke his commandments. There was no jury of your peers to hear your case in a court of law. There was the opinion of one man and disobeying him usually meant death. So here they were, these two midwives, two healthcare professionals that spent their days protecting life, given the command to instead take life. Like Elie Wiesel said, there is always a moment when moral choice is made. And for these two women, this was that very moment. Now, we don't know how their conversation went as they left Pharaoh's presence, but we do know the decision they came to. A decision of faithful defiance, holy rebellion, sacred disobedience. Whatever name we give, their actions falls short Of the incredible and profound impact they had on their entire community for generations to come. They saved individual lives and they also brought hope and courage along the way. And who knows, perhaps their actions inspired a Levite woman a few verses later to have the courage to place her son in a basket and float him down the river to try and save his life. As these Hebrew daughters were saving sons, they did not realize that they were starting a movement. One scholar says, in the refusal of these women to cooperate with oppression, the liberation of Israel from Egyptian bondage has its beginnings. Long before the burning bush called to Moses, this moment in time was a spark that ignited a flame of resistance that would burn through the Hebrews' exodus from Egypt, their travels in the desert, and for generations to come in the promised land. Through their actions, Shiphrah and Pua unknowingly were leaders of liberation and life even though they weren't necessarily leaders in their community. Karen Gonzalez also says this, The women in Exodus are the first liberators. First the midwives who cleverly defy Pharaoh's orders, then a Levite mother who realizes she can't hide her three-month-old son any longer, so she puts him in a basket in the river soon after that pharaoh's daughter finds moses floating by has compassion and raises that leader of the people as her own and finally miriam moses's older sister who watches over him in the river now i don't highlight all of these women to say that women were the only people doing god's work but to point out that they did so from behind the scenes. These women were not leaders of the community or persons in positions of influence who had impact on governmental policy. Yet, such people were not powerless. In the process of carrying out their rather mundane responsibilities, they are shown to have a profound effect on the future of their entire people. God is able to use people of faith from even lowly stations in life to carry out the divine purpose. And this includes us. Today, our actions are just as interconnected and impactful on our community as these two midwives were just like shipra and pua there are so many people right now who continue to choose the actions of god's creative work despite the the er nurse who will show up for his shift tonight at 7 p.m at a hospital in louisiana to care for his patients despite the fact that hurricane ida is going to make landfall. The teacher in Lexington County who will wake up tomorrow morning, make herself a large cup of coffee and head into work to teach children and help them grow and hope that it's not the day she brings COVID home to her family. The American soldier waking up in Afghanistan after a disruptive night of little sleep, helping people board planes and carrying children, even though the threat of violence looms overhead constantly. Like the midwives in our story, it may seem like these people are just doing their jobs. Jobs that are not glamorous or positions of power, but jobs that profoundly impact the lives of those around them. Regular people, facing risk and choosing faith over fear, choosing God's creative work over darkness and despair. In 1997, Irene Sindler was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize for her work during the Holocaust. In an interview after receiving word of her nomination, Irene insisted that she did nothing special. She said, I was brought up to believe that a person must be rescued when drowning, regardless of religion and nationality. The term hero irritates me greatly. The opposite is true. I continue to have pangs of conscience that I did so little. a young Polish social worker, two female midwives. These people did not have wealth or positions of political power to accomplish incredible things. They were ordinary women with faith in an extraordinary God, a God who creates life from dust and redeems even the darkest moments with the light of the world. You may have come here this morning feeling ordinary. You may wonder most days if what you do matters, or if your existence has impact on the people around you. You have only need to look around you at the people gathered here to know that you matter. Your presence has an incredible impact on individuals as well as all of creation. And the pages of scripture are filled with stories of God's transformative work being done through people just like you. The world may not know your name, but God does. And God calls you by name to the work of God's justice right where you are. Your words... And your actions are powerful. So like these two midwives, choose them with love. I want to leave you all with a quote from Barack Obama, because I feel like it fits so well with the inspiration that we glean from Shipra and Pua, as well as the challenge we are given to follow in their faithful and courageous footsteps. Change will not come if we wait for some other person or for some other time. We are the ones we have been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. May it be so. Please pray with me. Holy God, we love you. Help us love you more. Amen.